Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. It is crazy good training, uh, sales meeting gold if you run a commercial real estate brokerage shop anywhere in the world. Check it out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we have a show that I'm very excited about because we're going to talk about, I think it's in my mind, the sector that's kind of most in question these days, right? Everybody knows it's the office sector. A lot of people working from home and hybrid. We still have a lot of the uh, tenants that uh, employees are, are not coming in. Maybe half of them or so are actually uh, reporting to the office. It is starting to change, and some people are getting back. What does it mean for the performance of the office market now and in the future? What's it mean for uh, cap rates? We also have other things going on in the world, right, with uh, higher interest rates and inflation. So let's get a look at the office market. Please welcome my guest. It's Doug Russell. He's manager of business intelligence with Commercial Edge. Doug, good to see you, sir. Thank you, Michael. It's always a privilege. Let's start off, if you will, with absorption and, and performance. Uh, I think from folks on the outside looking in, they would figure that the office performance is, uh, is really dropping. The office performance uh, is such that absorption, again, is negative this month, uh, dropped about eight percentage points, uh, and sales transactions year-to-date uh, about the same as 2021 uh, in terms of uh, $44 billion. We expect 2022 will come in roughly equivalent to 2021 uh, in terms of sales transactions. You know, some people might find that uh, surprising, right, Doug, that uh, people are still buying and selling office properties at a time when uh, maybe they think there should be a pause? Yeah, we've seen that. We've also seen people um, migrate into different types of office like life science, uh, boutique offices, uh, suburban offices, things like that, uh, medical office buildings. So what people are looking for is where the demand is and where the greatest demand is, and uh, they're looking to reevaluate their assets. Yeah, and to that point, Doug, you know, what do you see for variances on performance as far as geographically or in certain cities? Well, you know, it's interesting because our data shows uh, the gateway cities, people are migrating away from gateway cities into, for life science, into non-gateway uh, type of life science cities. Um, everybody really doesn't have a lot of good things to say about San Francisco, but when you look at what's under construction right now for um, total, uh, San Francisco life sciences takes up almost half of what's under construction for the office market uh, this year. So there is positive things, especially San Mateo, Redwood City, things like that, uh, places like that, uh, life science buildings. You also have conversions where people are converting um, buildings into other asset types. Uh, and you also have the great co-working experiment that's going on. Yardy Matrix has Cube, K-U-B-E, which is a co-working uh, software program that allows uh, property managers to be able to maximize occupancy within buildings that are vacant. Yeah, that's great. And when you uh, look at this volume of sales really 
sort of being equal to what we saw last year. Are you seeing any differences in uh, cap rates or prices per square foot? Uh, not really. It's about the same o same. Uh, so far, the bid and ask are pretty close. Uh, so, um, and I think there's hesitancy on people's part to put assets on the market if the bid and ask gap is too different. Yeah, we just put a, a portfolio on the market in a really good southeast city that has 3% vacancy. And uh, we're really, I'm really curious to see where the bids come in uh, because of kind of the outlook for, for office right now. Uh, what do you expect moving forward uh, for cap rates, if you will, I guess the, uh, is the best way to maybe to talk about it? Uh, in the office investment market with these interest rates climbing? Well, I think, you know, they're under they're under distress to be able to move down and in terms of cap rates. Um, and I think that you'll see that occur. And I think that, uh, you know, the, it's still um, a question of whether or not we've had a paradigm shift uh, with the office market per se. Is it going to return to some semblance of normal pre-pandemic uh, or is the work from home going to continue as uh, the du jour type of work uh, method? And that question still hangs out there in the balance, and a lot of people uh, don't know how to answer it yet. And, you know, I don't have a crystal ball on it exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, uh, I, I uh, enjoy selling office buildings. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, we see is some of the smaller tenants uh, you know, fully back in the office and some of the Bigger companies more struggling to get get people back, uh, and uh, you know Elon Musk at uh, te Tesla, right, said, "Hey, get back in the office or, or get gone." Um, might the office market adjust when the employment market adjusts? I mean, it might be hard for you to tell your your million employees to get back in the office when they can go get a job uh, next door, right? Yeah, you bring up a good point, and uh, just recently. Uh, BLS, and I think it was, um, they did it in conjunction, but uh, salary and wage for people that left and went to new jobs, there was a 60% increase uh, in their wage. And so the new market is such that uh, people aren't necessarily tied to a job. That, Like you point out, the job market, uh, you know, is open for business. And even with uh, this recession that's forthcoming or things like that, you know, it's kind of unique in that uh, employment hasn't really slowed down. And so uh, people know they can get a job and all probability can get uh, jobs with higher income. They feel enfranchised and that's going to put pressure on people that want people back in the office that says you have to be here or get gone to that quote. Uh, people say fine. And especially a certain type of uh, demographic uh, cohort is uh, prone to do that, the younger workers. And Doug, what are some of the cities around the U.S. that uh, um, are doing really well uh, and are expected to do well? Well, certainly I like Atlanta <laughs> because, you know, they have that new uh, huge um, development that's going in in the northwest part of town. And I think that uh, the southeast cities, uh, especially the ones within the, the new supply chains like Charlotte, Savannah, places like that, are really doing well because they're they're really adapting to the new um, pandemic uh, pa paradigm. 
And so when you see a knowledge economy, those economies that are moving into uh, the new type of, uh, you know, digital technology, uh, knowledge-based type of an economy, those are the cities that uh, are doing well. Charlotte, Atlanta, uh, Dallas, uh, Phoenix, et cetera. And Doug, are you seeing any adjustments so far? I mean, here we are, what, two two years past, or since COVID, I guess, started. Um, are you seeing any adjustment in new supply yet in the office world? Well, right now, the new supply is down. And uh, what you see is people that are exploring options where they don't have to go shovel in the dirt, that they can do conversions. Uh, we're seeing more and more conversions, especially of C-type buildings, 20 years old, uh, at least, if not more that uh, are in different uh, places that uh, people don't believe that those offices will be repopulated the same way. And they're looking to either uh, do co-working type of mods uh, or they're looking to be able to put them into a different type of asset class, housing possibly, uh, life science, data centers, things like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think if you look at a correlation between the office market today and the residential market after the, the Great Recession, where we had the housing bubble, everybody's, oh, no one wants to own a house anymore, it's terrible. And you look at the, the increase in values of homes over that time, and, and my estimate uh, estimation, we could be in that situation here with office where some people are questioning whether you need it. And then when the employment market changes and the um, some of these companies realize that uh, how much the turnover uh, and having so many folks working uh, f from home or wherever is hurting the bottom lines and top lines, you know, I think we'll have a window here of, of opportunity really for investors, whether they're converting it to a different use or upgrading it. When you look at the sales, uh, what are you seeing difference uh, for from class A buildings? Are, are there, are there, is there really a lot more demand for those than the B and C right now? Trophies certainly have a lot more. And even with trophies, what you see is the amenitization that's going on, uh, whether you're in Seattle or whether you're in New York City. And plus, you're also adding mixed use. Mixed use gives a better return. Um, so uh, recently in New York City, uh, an office building, uh, 50 floors, I believe, uh, they have now converted 10 of those into apartments. And the bottom floor is also going to have retail. So what you see is is really a conversion of just one absolute type of building where you have mixed use. That's really one of the incentives right now that's going on uh, to be able to accommodate not only housing in key areas, but also to you know, diversify uh, your portfolio in terms of one asset. In New York, the city, how, how, are the, how is the office market in New York today? The trophies are doing well downtown. Uh, the B's and C's are struggling a little bit, especially Hudson Yards is doing uh, conversions uh, in terms of some uh, different types of asset, uh, you know, e-commerce, fulfillment, things like that, uh, that typically they hadn't expected to do. So the buildings that uh, were retail, struggling. Uh, recently, I see that Google or has gone back in, or Walt Disney has gone back into Times Square. So that's a positive sign. Will it come back? It's, it's, a long, it's a longer term issue. It's not going to occur by the end of the year or anything like that. But the digital uh, technology for trophy offices in New York is great. 
and what they're doing is also expanding that. They're not sitting on their laurels. They're expanding their assets to be able to accommodate and diversify with newer technologies, monetization, things like that. Uh, the Bs and Cs are heartily looked at in terms of uh, reclassification or, um, you know, the adaptive reuse. And Doug, when you look at the environment in the central business districts of these uh, large cities, um, you know, how much of the space buildings in these central business districts is, is really comprised of office? The normal number is 71% uh, of business districts, urban cores are office buildings. Um, that's the normal in the nation. And then when you look at Chicago and DC, the number bumps to 90%. Wow, and and that would make you think if you know only half the ten, the tenants or employees are getting back into these spaces, that um, it would make a very desolate uh, downtown area. Absolutely, and I think that what you're seeing is that companies have proven that they're able to survive from work from home, uh, and uh, in many instances, they're actually profitable. Uh, so, and I think that's one of the things that enfranchises workers, but at the same time, it also, you know, gives hope and asset classes that says, maybe I don't have to return to the original paradigm uh, that was before the pre-pandemic. Maybe I can adjust my strategies accordingly. And Doug, when you study the office market today and, and, and looking forward, does anything kind of jump out to you that maybe surprised you? Well, I think what's occurring uh, in terms of uh, adaptive reuse to me is one of the, and the, and the speed at which it's occurring um, is really uh, one of the things that I find um, very uh, exciting. And, you know, before it was kind of lackluster, it, it occurred, but people are really adapting and looking at it uh, to incorporate it into their strategy. And they're also looking at these boutique office spaces, and they're also looking at ways to create co-working. If you have an asset, you know, um, uh, how can I keep it filled and uh, how best to do that? And co-working has really come on board. I know for a while there last year, because of one particular company, it got a lot of bad press, but it's, it's really coming on board and people really see that that's what it's going to. Also, one of the things that's being bandied about, and this is out on the edge, is the fact that do I have to keep the same lease uh, duration that I've had in the past? That's being looked at. Can I shorten my lease, uh, my lease duration? Can I ch change my lease, uh, you know, charging accordingly? Can I ask for a, a shorter time window where I put, uh, you know, my charges in and keep my lease uh, duration shorter? Yeah, and Doug, is, is some of that because they want to have flexible use uh, uh, in, in future in their office space or some of it from kind of the new accounting rules or, or, or maybe a combination? Combination, really. Now, FASB seems to be going along with it, and so nobody's uh, pushing back on it. So uh, I think you're seeing very creative solution in terms of uh, asset owners and developers uh, to be able to accommodate that. Yeah. It seems like a very good opportunity here, a window, if you will, for office users to to upgrade their space or maybe acquire space. And I know some companies are out there, you know, kind of gobbling up space and acquiring space. Uh, you know, what do you think about the, uh, moving forward? Do you feel like there's opportunities for users or, you know, what do you think? Absolutely. 
I mean, everybody wants to, I mean, you've read the press uh, in the last couple of weeks about Amazon putting the brakes on uh, their warehouses and things like that, but they're not really divesting themselves of those, those properties. They're really going for the long term. And so when I see that, I, you know, as long as you can buy low and sell high, I think that people are on the right track to be able to hold a good asset in a good location based off their investment strategy, and they should stick with it. And I think that when you can do that and you can add to, port, add to your portfolio, you should really look at it in that, in that manner. Uh, the return on investment to be, do adaptive research, adaptive reuse needs to pencil out, but at the same time, if, if your strategy fits with you know, your business, then you should do it. And I think that a lot of people are doing that. Uh, again, Amazon hasn't gotten rid of any of those buildings uh, that they've acquired. They're playing the long game. Will they le release them out? There's been rumors that uh, they're going to do that. And I'm sure they're going to make a profit on it. Yeah, it's interesting. I've, I've been in this business for a little over 30 years, and I've certainly seen companies where they called me to sell their buildings and they were like, you know, we, we kind of went in kicking and screaming. We didn't really want to invest in real estate, but ended up being a windfall, right? Uh, time flies and then all of a sudden your, your building has a, a lot of equity. Yeah. And, you know, let's face it. The U.S. is a very secure uh, type of investment. Uh, the commercial real estate market uh, is not the cause of any kind of economic downturns. In fact, it's going to prosper very well and, and make it through. And so if you're looking for an investment vehicle, commercial real estate is really where you ought to be looking at with a low risk type of uh, probability. Yeah. And, and to that end, Doug, do you feel that... Uh foreign investment in U.S. office properties uh, will continue? And uh, what, what do you think we'll see there? Absolutely. Uh, what we're seeing, I mean, still the primary uh, international investor right now is really the Canadian market. But you've seen the, the meltdown that's occurring in, Canada, in uh, China. Uh, there's an awful lot of money there. The European market is such that uh, I don't need to tell anybody about the, the euro versus the dollar. So we're an investment, uh, you know, uh, hedge over here. We have good investment. It's secure. The the rules, the accounting rules, the structure, the infrastructure that's in here in place uh, is really good. And I think that what you'll see is more of the Middle Eastern countries uh, looking at uh, not only the office market, but also the residential market in the U.S., and you'll start seeing a lot more uh, international investments coming to the U.S. because of the low risk, uh, high probability of return. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, Doug, what would you leave our audience with to think about for uh, the office sector moving forward? Well, I think that the office sector is, you know, still there's a lot of there's a lot written about what's going to happen. No one really knows the the full, but I think what you're seeing is existing uh, owners and asset uh, developers right now. Uh, really are being creative. They're really taking into account on a day-by-day -day basis and letting the market dictate what their strategies are and how they should change those strategies. They're not sitting on saying, I'm going to stick with my strategy the way it was three years ago, and I'm never going to change it. So I think what you're seeing is a lot of people that are very creative uh, in the business that are doing um, things that are you know, very good for the commercial real estate industry, and they're making innovation happen uh, based off the changing uh, variables in demand. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a healthier office market. It's going to be a more inviting office environment. Um, and, you know, if anything comes good out of this COVID thing, it's, it's, it's that, right? A healthier environment, more welcome environment, more productive environment. Doug, thank you for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. If you'd like more information from Doug and the uh, good folks at Commercial Edge, their website is commercialedge.com. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.